0: Welcome back to another episode of Bander Over Whiskey. You've got Adrian here today doing the, uh, doing the intro for a change. So uh, we've got a very special guest with us this evening. We have uh, Matt Whisker, otherwise known as Whiskey Uncovered on Instagram. Matt's known for his uh, fun little events that he ho- he hosts with uh, pairing whiskies with various foods. And um, I've actually been to one of them and I can highly recommend them for anyone that uh, feels uh, they want to try something new. So yes, Matt, welcome aboard. Um, we've also got John, Vic, and Brad with us this evening. So um, yeah, we'll just do the uh, do the usuals and go around and see what everyone's doing and uh, see what Matt's been up to.
1: Oh, uh, well, I just wanna say thanks for the warm welcome, Adrian, and everyone. Uh, it's great to, to finally get on here. I know that uh, the invitation's been outstanding for a while and I've just been slack in terms of like lining it up. Um, but yeah, great to catch up and have a few drafts with a bunch of legends really appreciate it
0: welcome matt
2: welcome happy to see you here awesome
3: good to see you here mate good to see you here
0: yeah so um i might as well kick it off straight away matt um what do you got in your glass mate
1: so i i brought i wasn't sure what the rules were like you know i actually brought a few things but at the moment i have um this rye whiskey i don't know what this, this virtual background thing is cool um that was released through whiskey hunt australia i want to say it was um something which Nadia and Jackie, I think, selected. Um, I see him on the back there with Andrew. Um, not a lot, left, as you can see, bottled in a very respectable 58.9% rum cask finish. Um, and I'm enjoying it in a Denver and glass, as I think Brad is as well this evening. Um, and then I thought I'd go Campbelltown, actually, after that. I've got um, a Hazelburn sherry cask, or also sherry cask, 15-year-old. Um, it's a very, very dark whiskey. Um, yeah, sherry cask, 15 years or oh, also sherry though. So it has that beautiful, rich, raisiny sherry thing, but also quite like a dry, dryness to it and a, and a slight funk to it, which I really enjoy. And then, you know, for dessert, some Pinot uh, cask Moira. Um,
0: oh, that's, uh, that's always a favourite for sure. That one for me.
1: These, these go too quick. This is like water in, in my glass. It's very Moorish, I have to say.
3: So which one's that? Is that the thirteen-year-old or which? That's that's a
1: fifteen. That 15. Particular one. Yeah. Um, I've been fortunate this year actually to try a couple of really interesting long rows. There was a a single-cask twenty, which I can't remember exactly. It, it definitely came from overseas. It, we, had, you know, a few of us imported some from overseas, and yep. um, I just love long-row whiskey. I just love it. It just adds that extra bit of peat and smoke on top of that springbank profile. I'm not yeah. how you guys feel about it.
3: Yeah, there's yeah. One, um, yeah. one particular uh, one. Uh, 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 yeah, it was a 13-year-old New Zealand French uh, Pinot. Yeah, it was – actually, it was a French, French Ocasa held New Zealand Pinot in it. And that was one of the funkiest drams I've had to date, period. It truly was. Yeah, so,
1: yeah. it's a good funk, isn't it, John? It's like – like there's a mustiness yep. to it,
0: but I, I love
3: it. Yeah, it's a whiskey with flares, that's for sure. <laughs> uh,
0: very good. Yeah, I I um, actually tried one. I look, I can't remember which one it was, but I was at Molnar in uh, in Sydney there, and it was come recommended, and yeah, it was. Uh, I've been looking for it ever since, so I've just sort of got to sort out uh, the finances and grab one. So definitely worth it, that's for sure.
1: Send me your address, Adrian. I'll, I'll wing you a few
0: samples. Done and done and done. <laughs> <laughs> And it's recorded too, Matt, so I look forward to that. Um, <laughs> I've got the, this, uh, look, might be a bit of lagging by the looks of it, I'm not sure, but I've cracked the Starwood um, Cognac Cask from this month's Whiskey Club, and uh, mate, it is really good. It's uh, it's the first one I've got from the Whiskey Club in a while, just being Christmas and all, and um, <clears throat> being a Cognac Cask as well. It's a, it's a bit lighter than you'd expect right, compared to your... Uh, the ones that you had there matters with the colour, but being a cognac, yeah. What's
1: the ABP on that, Adrian? What are they normally bothered around?
3: Oh, wasn't it 48 or something? Or oh, 49? 40,
2: 48 yeah. Yeah, the Whis- the whiskey club, they they usually go on the forties, high forties, mid forties. They had one cask strength, last Yeah, that was that was different. That was amazing. What do you think of um of the Star Wars release? Um was it last year before? Star Ward. Whiskey club. Was it a Starwood? There was a Cask Strength. Yes, Starwood. They had a Cash Strength.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: I've got a whiskey list bottle, which was Cask Strength with Starwood. And that's incredible. That is incredible. It's like yeah. the, the mothball y weirdness going on, but it's delicious. It's.
2: Yeah, it's they. they I can understand how, how we went crazy in America. All the Cask Strength single barrels, and I think they were all single barrels. Yeah. yeah. The one, my favorite one that I, I do have a. Fair big collection of starwood but my favorite one was the one from dark barrel do you remember matt how they got all those barrels together
0: that was the um was that smoke and mirrors
2: Yeah, that's right we took that to whiskey pizza yeah, event
0: I, I remember when you bought it yeah
2: yeah that was crazy yeah but they. yeah they're very solid sorry jumping in and running no, right.
0: it's all good that's um that's what we do yeah. saves me from trying to explain tasting notes <laughs> i'd rather just drink oh. it to be honest <laughs>
4: I want to hear some of Matt's tasting notes, especially on the rye, the rye three.
1: Oh, I mean, very basic, mate. uh, Very jammy. Yeah. Obviously, it has that really nice uh, brightness to it, which I love about rye. like a lot of um, tropicality to it, I guess you could say. Like, I think of it as like if you ever had like a banana and then you put brown sugar on top of the banana and then you caramelise the brown sugar so you get like that bubbly thing going on, that's kind of what hits me on the palate. And because it's bottled at 59-ish percent, 58.9, it really has a great warmth to it as well. Um, Definitely not a quaffer. It's, um, you know, something that I enjoy in small sips. And then if you really give it time to to coat your palate and really season your palate, you extract so much flavour out of it. It's uh, it's incredible. Now, whenever I see a barrel pick from from this this group of people, I usually jump on it. So they got great palettes.
4: Yeah, right. I would never have said jam, you know, when I was talking about a rye So that that sounds really intriguing to me.
1: Yeah, oh, I reckon there's probably about what enough for four samples there, boys. So just you know, <laughs> the addresses, and I'll, I'll get it across to you.
0: <laughs> wow, that's that's recorded as well. You can definitely tell that Matt's a foodie with uh, with notes like that, like a, a banana with brown sugar and that caramelised. And here I am stumbling over, going, "Oh yeah, smells all right."
2: <laughs> you need you need to eat more desserts, Adrian.
0: Mate. Yeah. You, you, yeah. You, you, you're Mate. kidding me. <laughs> that's that's not what his dietitian keeps telling him. Yeah, I know. And I haven't got my head, haven't got my headphones in, so the dietitian is probably listening. <laughs>
2: Just just do what I do for every gram of sugar, every gram of sugar that you consume, we exclude fruit, obviously, because fruit is healthy, but every gram of our uh, processed sugar, do a push-up. At the moment I'm about five to ten thousand push-ups behind, but you know, that's not the time. <laughs> very good. I'll finish it up when I
0: retire. So Vic, what
2: have you got, mate? I have a bottle here, which I was very, very happily influenced to purchase. It's Iberg 8. But it's got this stamp, this red stamp on it. It's a printout, but it looks like a stamp um, for discussion. And I bought this bottle when I saw Matt Matt's post a few months ago. Was this year? Was this year? Yeah. I got a habit of buying bottles and going back to them one, two years later. Um, I mean, I don't even open my mail my mailboxes until six months later. I thought, anyway. That's another story. Um, yeah, so I was very happy to grab it and um, crack it tonight. Poured it about 20 minutes ago. And it's changed three times on me already. Uh, but I want to know the story behind it um, because my I understood Matt said this is for discussion. They released these to see what people um, people's uh, taste and whatnot. But I love, I'm loving it. Changed three times, like I said. Matt, um, what's the deal behind this bottle? What's the, with the discussion stamp on it?
1: Uh, well, look, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd probably start by saying that um, Ardbeg has had a really interesting approach to marketing over the past few years. Um, obviously, a very famous Scottish distillery, and they produce whiskey that can be quite polarizing, you know, in, along the lines of Laphroaig, etc. cetera. Uh, very peated, heavily peated, very big on the smoke. Um, but they've leaned in quite heavily. And by the way, I don't work for Ardbeg, guys. This is my opinion. Um, but it's for discussion, this point and um, they've lending quite heavily to the idea of their committee the then committee so it's essentially like um you know join the team sign up join the team get exclusive benefits etc and so we and myself and a number of other people uh, on socials were sent you know a sample of this in i think it was september on november 21 actually november 2021 and the idea was to um, send out a whiskey that would encourage people to sit down and have a chat about it Essentially, um, each year I'd uh, be, and you guys would have the same experience, you, you'd see they bring out, like, something a bit different. Like, they had, like, a Grooves release a few years ago, which was, you know, the 70s funk and 60s funk and stuff. They've had Scorch. They've had Alligator. They have, you know, a bunch of other releases over the years. And it's usually got some sort of, maybe gimmick's not the best word, but some sort of um, hook to encourage people who are not necessarily whiskey heads, more like lifestyle heads, if that makes sense, uh, to get involved. And so that's what we did. We, uh, you know, they sent it out to me. Um, and then, you know, as Adrian already mentioned, like I love food. I've actually, although I'm a skinny white guy, you can, you can all see that. Inside, morbidly obese, morbidly obese. I, l- I do, do like eating uh, food a lot. And so whenever we have whiskey, uh, I love to pair it with food. So that's what I did. So they set the bottle out, you know, and, and all the all the Instagrammers and stuff are doing the reviews of the whiskey, explaining it much more uh, succinctly and articulately than I ever could. But I just thought, oh, what, what can I do with this whiskey that's a bit different? And we actually um, uh, made like Oysters Kilpatrick, Patrick, um, but I called them Oysters Ardpatrick, like Ard Beck. And so like the Worcestershire-based sauce that you would normally dribble over, uh, drizzle over the oysters, I use Ardbeg for that and uh, still have like the fresh parsley and the ham and everything and these beautiful like Pacific oysters, incredible. Um, and it was something that I'd seen like at a whiskey show, it's probably like 10 years ago now, where someone like dropped like Laphroaig or Lagavulin, it might have been Talisker actually, onto an oyster. I'm like, oh, this has got to work well. And it, yeah, it turned it turned out beautifully. So um, a bit different. It was fun. Definitely. Oh, nice. do that
0: want to go because, yeah. Yo. I'll send Voices them out. Are I'll a send them out. So, has, has everyone tried the the
1: big streaking? Has everyone tried it?
0: Which one? Um, the eight a- no, not the four discussion?
2: No. No. Well, not and, yet. I'm surprised Vix in a couple of weeks.
0: Vix not a peep.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, they just slowly dragging him into the dark, into the dark um, <laughs> zone. So uh, i like i like this matt i'm i'm very happy that i um uh, i purchased it and um like i said it changed twice on me like it's gone from your um old-fashioned peat really dark smoky sort of um ashtray cigarette to that um iodine which i'm enjoying it and um there's a lot of fruit behind behind all that smoke all that peatness there's a lot of fruit in it a lot of um christmas pudding and um I found some uh, butterscotch too so i'm really it's actually discovering it's my um journey into pete and uh, yeah you are growing up
0: so fast
2: i am i am <laughs> I, I, I when i yeah i was like a child 10 year, 10 year old child when i came about 20 minutes yeah, ago fun. and i've just grown i'm a teenager now i'm having fun i'm just going wild with these so if i get drunk brad yeah. and i start going crazy just mute me for the rest of the the rest of the episode yeah
1: it's an interesting introduction into peter whiskey i think like intentionally that was kind of the marketing strategy because like i remember my the, the first single one i ever had was a Freud 10 year old and like that's only going to go one of two ways you're either like whiskey is shit i will never drink it again this is awful or it's like wow that's super interesting i want to learn more and like luckily for me it was it was the latter but yeah as you say like with, with the eight-year-old I, I definitely got that sweetness on the palate and I can't remember what it's bottled at, but it's it drank to me like fifty-five percent. I I always remember that, and that's yeah, fifty, like spot.
2: fifty point yeah. eight, fifty point eight. But it's throttle tr- from the bottle, as my uh, American mate Mikey says. he was like fuck, this is hot, and I looked fifty, okay, and then oh wait a minute, it's not fifty-five, it's fifty. But it um, it matures in the grass, Can I say it grows in the glass? So it's still a little bit on the. Tip of your tongue, a little bit um, spicy, warmth, But, um, yeah, it's as you start drinking it, you forget about the 50. And, um, yeah, it's I'm really enjoying it. The, the warmth, I mean, the hotness becomes warm. And, um, yeah, it's a party in my mouth at the moment. I'm at the disco. <laughs> I'm a teenager at the disco. I
1: love that expression. You know uh, what else we did? Is, it's coming back to me now. We made, um, in addition to the oysters, we did like a cocktail. And so, you know, like a boulevardier? Where it's usually like you know bourbon, it's like a Negroni but with whiskey or bourbon instead of gin. So I subbed in the Art Beg Eight for that whiskey component and then mixed that with dry vermouth and sorry um, sweet vermouth and Campari, and it was incredible. Like this is like a breakfast cocktail with your pancakes type thing, you know, and then go out for a cigar afterwards. <laughs> like yeah, you, you guys try it. <laughs>
4: So Matt, how did you get into, how did you get into doing the, the, the events?
1: Uh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks Brad. Um, well, I've been running uh, Whiskey on for about six years now. Um, although arguably, you know, it's this little guy, Stegalls, who we'll talk about a little bit later, uh, who runs things now. Uh, I'm just kind of like his spokesperson, but um, I work full time in a corporate role um, and I have pretty much my whole career. Um, currently, I run an ex, uh, I work in what's called an experiential marketing role, full time. So I work for American Express. But back then, I didn't work in experiences and, and events. Um, I worked in a different, much different role. And although it was supporting the family, paying the mortgage, doing what it needed to do, I wasn't loving it. Um, and I got to sort of that age. So I'm forty, almost forty-two next week. I got to like mid-thirties, and it's like, what am I doing with my career? You know, like. I've given 15 odd years to, to this lifestyle. Um, I need to I need to find something that like brings creative fulfillment because I think like when, when you feel happy, you're you know, a better person, you're a better friend to people, you're a better dad, better hubby, all that sort of stuff. So I needed to make a change. And um, an old mentor of mine said something to me which was really interesting. He's like, if you ever get made redundant in your current role, which is, happens all the time, as you guys will know in corporate life, what are you going to go and do? Uh, and I thought, oh, that's a really good question. I actually don't, don't know. So, you know, I went away and I thought about it. I'm like, well, I'm at kind of that, that intersection, if you like, of a of career. So whatever I do, I, I need it to be something that I love doing. Like I, the next 20 years of my life before I retire, 20, 30 years, whatever it is, I need to love what I'm doing. So I'm like, okay, what do I love? So I, I, we already touched on I love eating. I love food. So I thought, wouldn't it be cool to do something that involves food? Um, but I also loved whiskey appreciation. You know, I was, uh, it's been an absolute learning journey this this whole time, and uh, whiskey has been something which is pretty special for me. It's it's helped me to to uh, bridge a relationship with my dad after you know some tricky early early years. And uh, my dad, when he was a bit younger, was was my wingman at, at all the whiskey festivals. Some of you may have, may have met him. So shout out to, to Graham. Um, so I'm like, yeah, why don't we combine whiskey and food? And what I was really keen to do, Brad, was to cultivate an experience for people that was inspired by like a, a fine dining station where you go along to you know, a nice restaurant, you have incredible food, incredible wine. The food and the wine are paired together. So they're not just served alongside each other, but they're actually paired by which I mean like one plus one equals three. You, know, you have something new that's been created from the combination of those two things. But what I didn't want to do is I didn't want to make it super stuffy. Like fine dining is a very specific experience and white tablecloths and silverware and all that stuff. And i, I that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to create an experience that allowed people to feel relaxed, like they're having a drink with their mates, kind of like what we're doing now, or like they're breaking bread around the family table. You know. Um, And I wanted to show people that whiskey appreciation doesn't have to be scary. Like there's definitely still, and particularly back then, a stigma about what whiskey is and who drinks it and how it should be consumed and all that stuff. So that's the long and short of it. I kind of started Whiskey Uncovered with friends in their backyards, buying all the whiskey from Dan Murphy's, um, obviously losing a bunch of money. I didn't even sell tickets to start with. But what I didn't do from the outset, I never sacrificed the quality of the food that were on was on offer. So although the food pairings were a lot simpler, they might've just been like a barricade ham or oysters or a beautiful ashgrove cheddar or something like that. Um, that quality was always there. So I think over the years, what's changed now that we've sort of been going for the time that we have is it's given me the opportunity to hustle and to go out there and to, to forge relationships with chefs and restaurants and meet all these incredibly creative people. So I'm getting that creative fulfillment, but at the same time I get to create these unique experiences as well. Um, so it has been a bit of a ride. That's unreal.
4: That's unreal.
0: Yeah, I, I, I can certainly attest to that. I just want to say, Matt, um, I can 100% back you up with that. I've been to one of your events. It was the uh, the 80s event and uh, with Seamus doing a Ben React within uh, – with the, with the whiskeys and mate, that that was something, something really memorable. And yeah, congratulations on that, on that event. And I know you've had a couple more since then, which I haven't had a chance to get to, and you've got more coming up, which is always pleasing to see. And and i follow you on on the socials and I see that uh, they're always a great success. So people should jump on there for sure. If they, if they're, you know, even slightly interested, just uh, give it a go. And it's definitely, definitely worth, uh, worth your time.
4: It's um, it, it's uh, it's, the thing about whiskey is it's it's a lot of the time it's you know, a big portion of it is is the story. So, you know, um, I, I love I love that about whiskey and about you know, when we when we get together, especially us guys, you know, like this this group we've we've been we've been talking online about whiskey for quite some time. And that's how the podcast sort of came to be, you know, um, but, uh, you know, everybody's got a different story about a whiskey or that or, you know, how they got into whiskey and, and so on. So yeah, that's really cool. Like that you, that you've, you've, you've sort of spotted a, uh, a gap in your life and you, 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 um, made, you made, made something of it. That's really cool.
1: Thanks Brad. Yeah, look, um, it, it's been, it's been good. It's been a lot of hard work um, and a lot of partnership with a lot of amazing people. I mean, that's, that's probably the best thing about it is, you know, by far is, is meeting the people and um, working with other, other creatives. Um, it's, it's allowed me uh, to kind of come full circle on, on the full-time role now. So, you know, a few years into Whiskey Uncovered, I had an opportunity to interview for a role uh, at Amex, which is where I am now. Uh, which is leading their what's called their experiences team for Asia Pacific. So essentially we're, we're tasked with creating events that create like an emotional connection with, with the brand. Um, and funnily enough, even though there were like 20-odd people who applied for the role, and I was not the most qualified person for it, believe you me, um, the hiring leader told me that the reason why she gave me the role over these certain other people was because I was the only person who was actually doing this as a side hustle outside work so it's so ironic how like i was at a point in my career where i was ready to go ready to change make a big you know um left turn and then started this side hustle and didn't really didn't know where it was going to go um but it's worked out uh, you know well
4: it's been good it's sort of instead of you taking a right hand turn it's it's sort of pushed you back onto the back onto the main road
1: yeah, for sure. It, it's definitely given me clarity. Like I think, uh, like I'm not sure what, what each of you do with all of your lives and like what your personal situations are. I only know a little little about each of you, but I think you'd all agree that um, finding something and doing something that brings you happiness is, is pretty important.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely, 100%. I work outdoors. 100%. I work in the blue collar industry and I love working outdoors. Adrian's the same, Adrian's obviously into the, I get a little bit jealous of Adrian sometimes because he gets to see the beautiful outback, the bush, the Australian bush, but um, yeah, so yeah, my hat to, off to you, you chased your dreams, uh, Matt, well done, mate, a lot of hard work, I can see through your Instagram page, a lot of hard work, and I'll take my hat to you, mate, well done. Mm,
1: Thanks You know, it's interesting about events, and I'd I'd love to hear your your thoughts on this guys as well, because obviously we've all been through this crazy couple of years, uh, you know, COVID. Um, And what I'd say is like over the last five years or so, the, the events industry for whiskey has become quite saturated, like a lot of people doing events. I think one of the things that sort of drives what we do, like our mission is, if you like, is to create things that are unique So like our price point may be a bit higher, but we want people to come along thinking, you know, when they leave, that they can't sort of get that anywhere else. And uh, it was interesting, like when COVID hit, everyone's like, are you going to convert to virtual? Um, Virtual events, man, my my eye still twitches. I know it's ironic, we're doing this virtually. Um, (laughs) But, um, you know, I made the decision, like not to take it virtual. And it was great to watch other people, people like David Ligoff, for example, Uh, The Whiskey List guys do incredible virtual events. Like they've just excelled in that space. But what it allowed us to do is just take a couple of years off and now go back to -to face-to-face. It's actually really nice to get back in a room with people. You know, um, Brad, you mentioned the storytelling before. It's like, for me, when someone's telling a story, it's so much more impactful if you can, you know, be there, look them in the eyes, really feel the electricity or whatever in the room versus doing it over Zoom. How do you guys feel?
2: No, absolutely. Can I go first? I, I, I agree with you 100%. It's like laugh music. You can buy the download, buy the CD or the, the vinyl record, but, you know, when you go to the live concert, nothing compares to it.
4: That's a good way of looking at it. A really good way of looking at it. Um. I, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. You know, like, you know, I think, I think the virtual has a place. And like I said before, you know, like we've been getting together and having a chat. Um, for some time our group um, and there, and there's a bigger group obviously um, you know there's six of us on the on the podcast but then behind that six there's there's probably another 10 12 people that we all used to get on at different times and and have a drink and have a chat about all sorts of crap probably um, but it was a real good opportunity for us to um, to get into whiskey I guess Um But having said that i i absolutely love the 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 idea of being able to get out there and get in amongst it and you know uh, every opportunity i get in in, up here in brisbane i i go to the the whiskey events and and yeah it's nothing like like you say matt there's nothing like um being able to look somebody in the eye and, and get their take on it and and you feel their passion a little bit more um What's the event scene like in Brisbane, uh, Brad? Is it, is it a lot going on? Uh, there's a bit, yeah. So um, there's a few there's a few clubs, you know, a few, um, you know, Scotch-Malt Whiskey Society clubs and um, all that sort of stuff. But then there's there's a couple of social clubs. Oh, look, I'm wearing a, a um, Whiskey Whiskey shirt tonight at, um Supping Club. Um, oh look at that! Look what John's got. He's got a whiskey, whiskey sample. Um, and you know, there's other there's other clubs as well. There's um, there's a fairly decent. I would suggest a fairly decent whiskey scene in in, um, in Brisbane. Um, I'm not sure if it's up there with Sydney and and Melbourne, or it's certainly not up there with Hobart, that's for sure. But um, you know, I think I think it it, it goes all right. Like I said to you before we started tonight, Matt, there's a lot of things happening at the moment, just coming up to to Christmas, um, especially in the whiskey, on the whiskey landscape. I think I've got I've got two events this this week um, with whiskey, so you know, yeah, and from here on in. I think might be a good (laughs) idea for
2: Matt to come up to Brisbane and organise an event. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Exactly we'd what I was going to, to say, mate. Exactly, There's always room, always room for Matt. Yeah, we, we'd love to
1: do that. I mean, we've done Melbourne and Sydney, um, and then th- uh, next year it'll be Adelaide. So R- Adelaide's actually my hometown. So I've, I've just gotten back from there, actually. Um, love going down there. But,
4: yeah, Brisbane would be cool too. Yeah, oh, mate, it would be
2: awesome. Um, let yeah, us know I'm how we Brad will help
0: you set up the table. Absolutely. Washing up at the end or something. I don't know. I'm,
2: I'm interested <laughs> to know, John Steak, on, uh, on that question, because John is, is starting to do a, a a lot of live tastings as an ambassador. Now now that you're allowed to go out and do whatnot, John, so what do you prefer? I'm happy doing Virtual? either, Life. to be
3: honest. Um, but uh, having said, well, look, I'm used to doing like uh, obviously Maker Mondays, so I'm used to talk. I mean, and I do Banner Over Whiskey with you guys as well. So to me, talking in front of a screen almost becomes second nature. So um but having said that you definitely get a lot more of a um of that um well i'm just trying to think the
2: interaction well,
3: no well, it's more the connection that you get with people you, you connect more so because you've got that physical eye contact like and uh, like they hear like that to hear what you're trying to say in a lot more clarity, it becomes a bit more informal and personal as well. Um, behind a screen, it's like you're, it's like you're almost in a box visit, seeing an inmate. Like there's that screen that's in front of you, but that's it. There's like that connection's not entirely there. There's a restriction there. Whereas in person, uh, yeah, like you can just like you throw your questions around. You can sit there, you know, compare uh, compare nose notes and everything else walk up to the person so what do you think of this and everything else the whole vibe and atmosphere is so much more real and enjoyable and and like you get those i mean like i don't know if you still get a man or not but whenever i go up i get that little bit you know butterfly in the stomach ish, and you get those those cool little nerves that you get before you're going up and then once you're out there and you're doing your thing and it's just a real cool feeling it's just really good like um Because at the end of the day, people have also paid to hear you out and learn something that they don't know about what they're about to be experiencing. So it's a cool thing. It really is. So it's such a good thing to see so many more events. um, Yeah, uh, coming up. So and uh, I I think that's 2023 is just going to be a massive year, probably bigger than what 2022 has been as far as whiskey events go.
2: Cool, cool. What about you, Adrian? Because Adrian, you live you live in the country, and I know you you do yeah. go to events, but you um you do like a overnight stay sort of thing. Is it worth it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I go down to Sydney a lot for events, and yeah, and it, just reflecting what everyone else has been saying, just getting in there amongst it all with everybody, and and just picking up on the whole vibe of the of the of the event, and chatting with fellow whiskey lovers nerds whatever you want to call them and it, it's just it's good to get out there again and it's just well it's good to get away that's how i see it as well it's just always uh, always an excuse to get a night away in sydney which which uh, is where i'd rather be but um the, the social one, uh, sorry the the online ones i participated in a few during COVID, but yeah they're just not the same they're a bit sterile they're a bit distant it's um one person talking at a time like like now and, I don't know, I just like the whole party scene,
2: which is... Oh, we can go back. We can, go back. we can go back to episode o- one and we all talk at the same time. Yeah, no, no.
0: yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. well, that was a steep learning curve, that one. You put your hand up like that. Yeah, sorry, sir. Can I speak? But, yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, definitely good to get out there again. Can I Can
4: I just say one thing? The, the, the thing that about the virtual that's been really cool... Um, is you know the whole FOMO thing, you know, like um, everybody, the, like the Australian whiskey scene is so small, um, and it's it's really cool to be able to um, still be involved even when there's something going on. So you know, um, I've got no doubt that the whole um, hybrid thing at some point will come to the fore, and there'll be a there'll be a like a combined events across Australia where. Um, you know they're virtually linked and and so on i'm not sure entirely sure how that's going to work but you you know what i mean like i I can see there are some benefits to the to the virtual events but um yeah i i I tend to agree with everybody about the um about the the vibe and being able to be in in the in the moment with everybody else it's that's really cool i
0: think I think the virtual stuff was was fun to start with because it was new, and so oh look, we can still do this. We can still talk. We can still get your samples emailed out, or not emailed, but samples mailed out to everyone, and you can still maybe just those emails out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's uh, the whole um, the novelty of it wore off really quick. I feel, and now that we're allowed to go back and sort of socialise again, I think everyone's really enjoying that and that's where people would rather be and that, that's how I feel about that. So, I, I, yeah, I, agree.
1: I, I think it's wonderful to hear John your uh, your enthusiasm for um, being up in front of people and and I, I meant to uh, you know congratulate you on your your role, um, your ambassador role. It's like it's, I've been seeing it come up on socials and what you just said like really resonated with me and it's like when, when, when you're creating events you know there's two, two kind of things that we love about it. One is the creative part, obviously, so sitting down uh, like a drawing board and saying, like, what do we want to achieve? How do we want to make people feel? But then, to your point, I think probably the best bit is like getting up in front of people and super nervous, like always, right? And, and nerves just mean that you want it to go well. So that's that's like Nerves are a good thing, but watching people's reaction is the best. You know, like people often say to me, why don't you sit down, like, enjoy the experience, whatever I'm like, dude, I I love, I am enjoying the experience. I'm like walking the floor and, um, you meet like so many interesting people, like all walks of life, all different stages in their journey, whiskey or otherwise. Um, so I'm guessing you're getting the same, same vibe. eh?
3: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And thank you. I appreciate that. But, um, yeah, like I, exactly that. I remember um, the Boilermaker event that we done at Urban Alley Brewery when we launched our beer that we collabed with, um, and it was one that I was heavily involved with. And just seeing people's reactions to the pairing was just like what the hell! It was like it was so good. And then walking them through everything, like you just see their faces, like when they're going from one beer, back, like you know, back to the whiskey, and then and then you know, uh, changing. Um, like the way that they have it and getting that third element, like you usually say about, the like, food and whiskey pairing, same thing that we do all the pairings as well. Like you're creating that third element that you usually wouldn't get from having a whiskey or a beer on its own, or in your case, a whiskey and a meal on its own. Like there's going to be something that gets created in the middle that hasn't been brought to light until you show it to them. And then you just see the penny drop and you're like, cool i've been there welcome to my world and it's such a cool thing it really is it's 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 a it's a genuine joy to be able to bring that experience to people can't you just tell when someone's passionate about something Tim? like yeah. you just see john's body language i love it <laughs> and plus i'm european i speak with my hands all the time so yeah <laughs> that doesn't help what,
2: what are you drinking john what's in your glass
3: Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I forgot that we didn't mention about this. Uh, so I'm on a SMWS uh, Distillery 24, which is a known um, space-size sherry bomb extraordinaire distillery. And um, 168 is the cast number. And it's a 12-year-old. And uh, if I recall correctly, it was a first-fill ex sherry hogshead uh, finish. So... And this is just, this has evolved from having like uh, real herbaly notes to just being just rich, brown sugar, nutty, like almost marzipan. Uh, Butterscotch comes through, dark fruits. And then I thought, stuff it. I'm going to turn it into a ball maker. So I paired it back with uh, a New Zealand brewery called Urbanort, And they've got this uh, thing which is called, um, basically, it's a beer blender. It starts off with a salted caramel IPA and then it goes to a baked pear sour. So you can either have one or the other or you can chuck them in and do what I've done and have both. I've paired that back with this beer uh, with this whiskey and it's just golden syrupy decadence like just anzac biscuits and like butterscotch and just it's all there. Sticky date pudding's probably the best way to put it. I've just created liquid sticky date pudding.
2: So, time out, time out. Beer blender. I was going to ask you, what the hell is a beer blender, but you answered. That is the yeah. first time that I've ever came across a beer yeah. blender. You mix two beers. So so has that been around for a while? I'm sure probably that is. Yeah, well,
3: these i discovered during COVID, funnily enough. So um, uh, down at Purvis Beer in um, in Richmond on uh, Bridge Road. So because they do a lot of import beers. But yeah, that one there. So you're you better off going to like a... Yeah, you a know, um, boutique beer joint that pulls in imports, and that's your best shot in trying to find something from Urbanort, which is a New Zealand brewery.
2: But yeah, pretty cool. It'll be it'll be awesome beer. New Zealand always has some of the best products on the planet. The Johnny. freshness and the quality. Is that of
3: it. Idea beer blending is that is that common, like with craft beer? Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's not actually. So, that's what tweaked my curiosity about it before. And when I was looking for a Boilermaker Monday's episode to do, I actually got two of these cans because curiosity got the better of me. And I paired it back with another SMWS uh Sherry Bomb, and um, it just goes so well, really does. So, I thought I was lucky enough to get my hands on this um uh McCallum that's yeah, I'll um yeah give it another shot and it did not fail in the slightest but no not commonly done um maybe it would be more common after a few beers and people just want to do things for shits and gigs but on a on a commercial level on a commercial scale no that's not common i wonder if that's how it actually started commercially um if it's coming from (laughs) from new zealand drinkers I'd say yeah because (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, they love their beer and they love getting like getting all sorts of ideas out in the open. So who knows, maybe they just got on the piss one night and thought, We should can this, let's just market it, and it's clearly worked because I'm enjoying it.
1: <laughs> Reminds me of that flaming moes episode of The Simpsons where like the cigarette ash falls in the drink and it makes the drink
3: like <laughs> so awesome.
2: <laughs> and, okay, <laughs> my
4: Hi. Wow, I, I, next, next, wow. next time I, i'm at the pub i'm gonna just walk up to the taps and say i'll get a bit of that one and a bit of that one thanks
3: <laughs> <Interesting>. <laughs> yeah well look they actually tell you like on the can so they say you know step one taste can a step two taste can b and then you can either blend them together or not but i mean like if you like them on their own keep them on their own but they give you the option there that they've obviously paired them properly so and it's yeah it's just super syrupy like it's it's fun it it almost cuts the sourness out from the sour and like gives you that freshness of that IPA but it's because it's a salted caramel IPA it's just lovely rich it really is a cool pairing so one that very much surprised me so, if wow. we were in person
1: right now, we could all sample that and we'd know exactly what John was talking about. But because it's virtual, we have to rely on it's admittedly very great descriptions um, to try and imagine it in our minds. So, there you go. That's the difference between virtual and
3: in person. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. But look, and there's a lot of people that still do stick to that, um, the virtual platform. Like I know, uh, for example, the whiskey company, They their uh, clientele base prefers. Virtuals, so like I'm, i know i'm going to be working on a blood knock event for those guys in the new year so yeah i, I mean so like, and even uh like casa Davino still sometimes do the virtuals um but having said that they've usually got big crazy mammoth lineups so it probably pays for you to stay home and not worry about an uber um because you're probably having about seven or eight drams that are just the car strength and you're like yeah, I'm a bit inebriated to know how I'm going to be dialing this bloody Uber in to come and get me. So, yeah, like that way you at know, least the safest thing for you to do is roll over and just go to bed.
2: You know you know what I, what I believe, what I think should happen with the industry is they should have a ritual on the side for people that can't make it for some reason because the amount of tickets that I've given away to other people that I can't make, I'm stuck at work and I can't make the tasting especially the whiskey club or whatnot. And um, and then one day I went to Webster's and um, they had it both. Everyone was sitting down. and have a great time. And they had all these people doing a virtual tasting too. And I said, oh, how good would it be? All the missed out sessions that I've had that I was stuck at work. You know, and people have commitments. They go away. Family commitments, not just work. And... I Yeah, it would be nice if the industry moved towards the virtual bit of it for people that cannot make it. But anyway, that's that's my opinion.
3: If it's a single cast tasting, it might be a bit tricky. But, yeah. I mean, it it, it is handy, definitely, because I know there's been many a night where I've done tastings where I've you know, had to forfeit tickets myself or whatever, and I can't make it. So I get it. I truly get it. But, yeah, if it's like a one-off bottle tasting, then, yeah, you're kind of screwed. <laughs> but anyway. So, yeah, so – well matt what up and comers have you got um with with regards to your events so yeah like what's what does 2023 um have in store for us on your side
1: uh oh thanks for asking John. yeah i mean we we, we don't do a lot of events so I, I mean for anyone who doesn't know kind of who we are and what we do um uh, you can check us out on instagram at whisk covered um but we because we're so closely linked to food we generally operate around the seasons. You know, as you guys know, produce is very seasonal. We work a lot with chefs um, in a variety of different settings. And you know, chefs are typically produce driven, which means they, you know, they, they, their minds think seasonally as well. So typically we do like two large-ish events, but and by large I only mean like 35 to 40 people. So there's a lot of work that goes into each one um, each season. So we we're, we're doing between eight and 10 a year. So, uh, you know, following like a resumption of some semblance of normality and being able to go back and do in-person stuff, um, we've been leaning quite heavily into this idea of like um, the fact that everyone is digitally saturated right now, and, and we've been we've just all gone through this period of extended isolation as well. Um, so really celebrating that you know the power of um, in-person human you know intimate connections. Um, like we've just sort of been discussing. So what we're working on right now is a series called Day Night, um, which kicked off uh, at a restaurant here in Sydney called Lumi Dining um, with two amazing chefs, Federico Zanilato and Carl Feller, who, to be honest, it was just a a dream of mine to to work with these guys. It was an ambition. And uh, we talked about nerves before, John. You know, I've never been more shit scared in my life than... uh, driving in to see Federico and pitch an event to him, but uh, you no know, super lovely guys. Um, so the first event was all about celebrating, you know, natural light and spring produce and the Italian joy and, you know, zest for life. And then the second event coming up in February, which is on sale now, uh, it's called Night. And it will be held at a restaurant called L. Elle. So Elle's actually in the Star Casino complex here in Sydney. And it's what's called experiential dining so it's like a little bit um mysterious if you'd like um, but if you look at it up, it's spelled e-l-e you can look it up online but basically the experience at l is designed around making people uncomfortable if that makes sense so putting people out of their comfort zone so when you dine there you don't just sit down and you have like a degustation. you actually move a couple of times you go between three different rooms And in some of the rooms they have like video projections and, you know, sound like they, one time I went for dinner, they had like these banging German techno like in the background, like the the way to describe it. Um, But the idea is essentially to stimulate all of your senses as as you're dining. So um, they've been super lovely and they've agreed to to do that for us. So um, going back to that idea of uniqueness, uh, with what we we try to offer, uh, we'll be doing that event with with Fiddick, uh with Ross Blaney, uh, which is one of our you know friends, and uh, showcasing like the what's called the Grand Series. So basically, the twenty one year old Glenn Fidic and up, um, and doing like a six course um, digo with those guys. But yeah, for the balance of the year for for twenty twenty three, again just keeping human connection in mind, uniqueness in mind. Um, I can't really say too much more than that but uh just look out on our socials
3: and uh you know you will see much more coming you you said enough to keep us posted that's for sure that's definitely one that we are going to be looking out for 110 so uh for for the um for the four or six um people that are probably listening to the podcast uh whiskey uncovered on the socials is where to find these guys okay yeah five so it's upgraded uh but yeah whiskey uncovered on instagram Follow these guys and keep an eye out for the events that are to follow in the near future because they sound bloody amazing. They sound like they are going to be epic events. So, yeah, definitely something to look forward to. And you've got enough uh, ticket space there too by the sounds of things. Yeah, you know, 35 to 40 sounds like it'll make for a good room as well. So, yeah, it should be fun times for anyone that can jump in.
1: Yeah, we, we actually we, we purposely set it at that number. Um, because we, we want people to have a good time and we want there to be like a conviviality in the room, you know, so people feel like they're, they're in an event, but also like it allows that sense of intimacy so that people can get around and meet others and like have meaningful exchanges, like and sustained conversations rather than just how you doing, you know, my name's Matt, blah, 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 I'm on to the next person. So yeah, we, we find like 35 to 40 is, is that magic number. Um, and before before we wrap up, you know he's he's been elbowing me in the ribs all night. I, I do need to introduce you to, to this guy um, <laughs> or, or this guy. So just just block your ears. <laughs> so you, you, you probably see these guys doing the rounds on socials for various different reasons. Dude, get down. Stop it. Stop it. Um, <laughs> so this this is Steggles. Um, so Steggles has, is actually whiskey uncovered's mascot. Um, okay. It's so funny because whenever I go to meet with chefs, I always bring like an iPad and I have photos of like previous experiences to show them. You know what we've done over the years, and they're like, "What the fuck is that? rubber chicken? Like, <laughs> what are you talking about?" I'm like, "It's okay. Don't be alarmed. It is intentional. It's not a sex toy." Um, but basically, the story goes like one of the first uh, first events that I ever did for Whiskey Uncovered, I always wanted to inject like a little bit of fun. So we did trivia, right? Cause people love trivia and, uh, we still do some trivia to this day. We give prizes and stuff away, but obviously <laughs> when you're doing trivia, you need to, you need a buzzer, right? You need to buzz in. And I remember going onto like Amazon or what was it? Probably eBay at the time. Amazon wasn't even a thing then. And like looking for like random objects that make noise. So I had like a slide whistle. I had one of those train choo choo whistles. I had ca- like castanets, like all like clav- all these things. And randomly, I got a rubber chicken. It's so random. And of course, when you squeeze it, <laughs> it makes this you know noise, right? So it just kind of stuck. And uh, I, I love how incredulous people are when they learn about stipples. Like just watching all the expressions on your faces is priceless. Um, And it's not that we don't take what we do seriously, but it just sort of represents the fun, if you like, in what we do. So every single person, when they come to one of our experiences, they get, like, a little goodie bag, and that has little items that help them through the afternoon and, like, help them navigate things, and there's always, like, a little steggles in there. So, um, like I said at the start of the podcast, steggles pretty much runs things now. Uh, I need his written permission to pretty much do anything. So, you know, that's (laughs) why... Be honest with you guys that's why I took so long to get on this podcast because he's notoriously slow in responding but
4: uh yeah you know, <laughs> i finally got the okay so that's money it. staggles i need to get. Uh, we'll need to get his uh email address and and um you know his social media so that we can we can sort the next one out quicker <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs>
3: actually yeah. brad whilst you're whilst you're on the mic what's in your glass oh um so uh,
4: actually i'm on i'm on my, my second uh well third actually um and tonight <laughs> i've i've been doing the i've been doing the battle of the twelves um what's that word <laughs> uh, ubiquit- ubiquitous ubiquitous is that Correct. it the battle of the Twelves. so i've got the um i've got oh, the, yeah. the the smoky 12 that's a uh, whiskey club um release um which is absolutely divine i started with that um and then I um, then I hit the and these are getting darker as as I go, the um, oh, barrel and batch Highland Highland Park um, the the cask, cask strength twelve year old that one's at sixty five percent so that was that was um, yeah I I had I had two sips of that one and um, failed uh, and then I uh, I've, I've I'm now on the um, editor Caledonia the twelve year old which is at yeah oh, the old favourite delicious and oh. and still this is this just blows them away this, this one. Yeah. it's
3: um, amazing stuff
4: 100%.
3: I I
4: it 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 absolutely um gets me every time that that they can produce mm-hmm. single cask up single cask of of 12 12 year old whiskey that is so sublime I, I just love that stuff so yeah and, and, look and at the consistent color of as well which is great mm. yeah yeah, yeah, consistently. Exactly. So was that Highland yeah.
1: Park the barrel and batch one, Brad? Or where, where's that one from?
4: Yeah, the barrel and batch, the the cask, uh the single cask. Um yeah, at sixty-five percent.
3: Yeah.
4: Highland Park, yeah.
3: What did I say? Yeah, yeah Highland Park twelve year, that's right.
4: Yeah, twelve year old. First fill European oak, sherry, hogshead. Um yeah. yeah,
3: and that's a dangerously easy drinking sixty five percent as well.
4: Yeah, it absolutely is, and that's why I say. I um, I sort of had to pull myself up at a at a couple of sips there because that yeah, that would get out of hand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so so Matt, one one of the questions that we always ask um, when we have a, a guest on is we um, we ask them what sort of whiskey or if there is a whiskey that they will always have on their shelf no matter what. Um, what price it it's at even if it you know if it jumped 50 bucks or something 100 bucks um would you still have on your shelf is there a whiskey like that um at your place
1: uh yeah yes i mean i it's not particularly exciting uh but it's a it's a jewish white label actually um and and the reason for that is largely because it's something that well, m- most importantly, it's uh, actually it's um, you know the whiskey that my dad has has drunk his whole life. Um, and funnily enough, you know, we're talking about how people appreciate whiskey. Dad will pour you know into a, into a tumbler glass, right? Maybe this much, Jewers, and then he'll top it up with water. And that's how like top it up <laughs> with water. Oh. And that's that's how he drinks it. He's always drunk it that way. And who am I to to say otherwise? But. Um, uh, it, look, it's a, it's a very versatile whiskey. It goes great in cocktails. I made like a gold Gold Rush with it yesterday. Just delicious, um, and it's also a great whiskey to serve to people who say they don't like whiskey. You know, because mm. it is a blend. It's a reasonably reasonably light on the palate, low ABV, and and very inexpensive. It's like thirty eight bucks a bottle. Um, I'll always try different things. I've probably got like sixteen or twenty different bottles open at the moment, um, and that's kind of where the money goes brad if you like
4: but yeah the jew will always be there great question that's awesome that's and that's a that's a cool story i've i've got a um my my father has drunk some sort of whiskey he's you know my whole life um that i've i've noticed you know like he always had a johnny walker or a dimple or or something um occasionally he could afford a a shivers or something like that um but funnily enough my, my father now he drinks whiskey with sarsaparilla um and whenever they come to visit i have to make sure i've got i've got bottles of sarsaparilla in the fridge so that he can have a whiskey with me um, and um to the point where i i put a i i gave him a a, a few years ago now I, I gave him a nice a nice uh single malt you know it might have been a single cask or it, it might have been a, a pretty decent whiskey I gave him one of those you know a, a, a dram um, to try and um, I turned around and when I came back he, he topped it up with sarsaparilla so <laughs> 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 because that's how he drinks it so you know I, I certainly don't complain I don't complain it
2: means you should I have bought a white toilet. label but, yeah, um, well, I, um, I still maintain it's the best value for money scotch in the whole country I'll, I'll I'll back up Matt any other week. I've got it downstairs. It's mate for thirty eight bucks. Show me, prove me wrong. Show me your whiskey. I tell you what, go up to forty five dollars. Show me a whiskey up to forty five dollars. That's better than juice, which costs thirty eight bucks. Mate, if, if, if you is that? If you're like
3: up, fifty, I'd be willing to accept that challenge, but I don't.
2: Fifty, <laughs> I probably got to. Probably go to Dan's and treat them and say, I can get a foot 25 and just be- bring two bottles of White Label home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. No, but that's a great, that is a great story. Like Brad said, mate. Yeah. And when I heard yeah. that, awesome. Because, yeah, I, I have a soft spot for that whiskey. I'm, I just cannot believe how I think we get it over here. And, yeah, that's awesome. That is, yeah. And you know what? It's a very unique shape, the bottle too you know how many bottles that shape all the curves around it i love that bottle it takes me yeah. back the the metal cap takes me back when i was a kid and dad used to open up the the um teachers and whatnot and even the johnny's johnny reds
4: i thought you said peaches then you said teachers didn't you sorry
2: yeah yeah teachers I've had,
4: yeah I've had, I've had too many too many highland parks clearly so <laughs> so that's really cool um we might we we've um uh, we've been going an hour here, so um you know we might uh we might wrap it up there. So Matt, really appreciate you coming on. Um you know, yeah, it's it's a it's a pleasure having you on and, and um I want to hear more about your stories, so um we'll have to get you back on again real soon if that's okay with you. Um yeah, I'll, I'll set up a meeting with Steggles and we'll 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 sort something out. Uh, it's been an
1: absolute pleasure. Brad, Adrian, John, Vic, thank you so much for for having me. Um, and like it's a it's a wonderful formula you have uh, going here. It's just been a pleasure and a privilege. Thanks so much.
0: Thanks again, Matt. It's been
4: awesome. Thanks, guys. Um, everybody, thanks for listening. Um, we'll catch you on the we'll catch you on the next episode of Bander Over Whiskey. Um, appreciate you listening. Um, and we'll we'll talk
0: to you soon.